This is an ABC podcast. Can you be more specific? On ABC Radio Australia. Nisam Bulavinaka and welcome to another show of Can You Be More Pacific? My name is Sarah Nangama and I'm joined by my lovely media bestie, Dean Hallatow. Yes, to everyone and welcome to the show. It's great to be here. We've got so much to get through. So it much. is a jam-packed show mm-hmm. this week and uh, I'm really looking forward to diving into that. But first, as always, I want to know if you've got some stories for our listeners or one story in particular for our listeners. Okay, this might be a little bit gory, but you know, gory. I feel like we have built a safe space within our show and within our community. So on Saturday, it was the first round of Super W, my Beautiful Waratahs were up against the ACT Brumbies down in Canberra. And I was really excited because I love going to Canberra. I've woke up with all the excitement in the world. I wasn't playing because I'm currently carrying um, an injury that I'm coming to the end of. I woke up and I had the worst gastro I have ever experienced in my life. Boom, boom. I know it's really gory. That's gory. what I said. It's, but like, because in New South Wales right now, it's a thing. Gastro is going around yes, and it's making it its way. And someone even said to me on Friday night at Captain's Run, avoid going to the beach because apparently it's in the water. I didn't believe it. I was like, girl, please. Like, that's not even a thing. And then I woke up on Saturday and I was so ill. And I mean, to be fair, like I lost two kilos. I reckon I slept for a total of 21 hours on Saturday. But it's okay. Like everyone. It's fine. Yeah, you slept I, for I 21 can, hours. I'm not kidding. 21 hours on Saturday. I would wake up. I only had enough energy to watch the girls play and then kind of force myself to stay up for a little bit and then I'll just go back to sleep. It right. really knocked me. Yeah, that's not good. Yeah, so that's my story. It is going around though. I have heard, I have heard about that. Yeah. So all I'm saying is everyone just like really look after yourselves. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's my story. Sorry to start, you know, kind of lax on the, yeah, yeah, it's, it's everything gory. What about you? How's good your week you're well now, but oh, that's thank good. You. Thank you. Uh, my week's been good. Been very busy. We've got the start of the NRL men's competition this week. So uh, plenty going on at work in terms of getting ready for that. Round two of the NRLW was over the weekend. I went down for all three games in the gong, which was lots of fun. So I'm not fully footballed out, not out, but like immersed in it at the moment. As you're in deep in the trenches. League, yeah. That's so but, cool. Um, really loving and excited for where we're at the moment. That's really great. As we mentioned, it's a bumper show. We've got plenty coming up in the next hour, including a look back at the weekend in sport. And in honor of International Women's Day, which occurred this week, we've got two interviews with Pauline Piliae and Elsie Albert from the Dragons. And we've got a new question for You Can Ask That. What's our top story for this week, Sarah? Our top story for this week comes from a group of Fijians who have been helping out in northern New South Wales. As we know, our state has been experiencing horrific floods and communities um, have been thoroughly affected by it. And there's this group of um, Fijian abattoir workers who have known to be absolute legends. There's about 60 of them and they just put their hands up in Lismore to go and assist with I guess, any help that was needed. There was a story that they went out and helped evacuate over 60 aged care residents, pretty much carrying them. And the best part about it is that there was this piece of footage where they were standing around and just serenading the community. I can't help but smile after hearing that. Yeah, absolutely. It makes me feel so proud to be Fijian. 
Well, over to the sport from the weekend, and the NRLW kicked off with round two. Uh, there was a huge performance in the first game with the Broncos beating the Knights 28-10. to 10. Yeah, it was a huge result. Broncos, as we know, are such a powerhouse in the NRLW competition, and that scoreline did not uh, disappoint me at all. There were tries to Haj Mosby, who's of Torres Strait's heritage, and also Amy Turner. She is an absolute powerhouse, Amy. She comes from a sevens background, and she absolutely carved up her try when a little like this. From the scrum win, Aiken goes left to Turner. Beach 1-2. She's over the 20-metre line. Tietel coming at her. She's away from her. Page comes across with Katie Green, but she's over to score Amy Turner. Got to say, the sevens players that that have come across and play in NRLW are powerful, fast, so athletic and uh, doing a really good job in the RW. And that try in particular with Amy Turner, I swear she just shrugged off defenders like nothing. Like they were making all the effort to get to her and she just struck through and ended up scoring right between the posts. Incredible effort. Great try. I I was going for the Knights because I just want to see them compete. Like it's their first season in the competition and I was hope. I know we both tipped the Broncos, but I was hoping that they would have, uh, I don't know, upset them. Broncos are just too good. Just keep winning. Reminds me of the Waratahs in uh, Super W. Anyway, <laughs> uh, the second match for the day on Sunday was the Titans up against the Roosters, and it was a really impressive performance from the Titans in their debut year in the NRLW, 26 points to 16. Yes, the Titans have officially clocked their first win within the NRLW competition. Ivana Politi is someone that I definitely want to mention. She made a try-saving tackle on Jess Sergis. Shannon Maddow, who we have interviewed on this show before, um, and has had an outstanding start to the 2022 season. She came off with a oh, sorry. She came off after a hard hit and took to Instagram later in the weekend to confirm that she has actually torn her MCL and is carrying a grade three niggle, which is no good at all. No, not a good uh, result there for Shannon. Obviously, grade threes can like take up to six weeks to to recover, so it's going to make it. Pretty difficult to get back on the field. Hopefully she recovers well. Um, Tasman Gray scored a try, as did Brittany Braley-Nati. She got two tries. Another impressive performance from the skipper for the Titans. She has won the, the Dalian medal before for the women's competition. She's a gun and uh, really good to see her performing as well. She did lead the team around. The third and final match for the day on Sunday was the Dragons up against the Eels. Dragons home game, 10-0. It was a really strong performance in really tough conditions. I was really shocked by that uh, scoreline just because of the Eels and how they started in round one. We all know Maddie started made that clutch kick, um, securing them the win. But to be able to go down to Wollongong and try and verse Dragons is a hard thing to do. Look, let's also mention it was torrential conditions. So it wasn't playing to anyone's um, strength. No, it wasn't. And look, the Eels got behind early on in the game and uh, they, they were just struggling against uh, a really good defensive unit in the Dragons. Jamie Sowd's done a good job to... Um, get their defense where it needs to be, but they still play some enterprising footy as well. Uh, and the Eels just ran out of options. They couldn't find a way through. So Mama Telfer had another huge game in the middle. She tried to lead them really well as, again, their skipper. And um, unfortunately, it just wasn't enough for the Eels. But those conditions down there, I was down there for the game and uh, it was pouring. The field was like a swimming pool. It held up pretty good for three games to, to be in the, the condition that it was, but it was always going to be hard to score points in that game as the Dragons showed um, 10-0 close scoreline, but um, yeah. Yeah, you never want to take anything away from a winning side, so congratulations to the Dragons. Now let's go over to Super Rugby, which was a big weekend uh, across both the men's and the women's competitions. Ah, 
I'm so happy Rugby Union's back. And there's so much sport to talk about. But talking about Super Rugby Pacific, the first match I want to raise is the Minor Pacifica versus Crusaders game. The final score was 33-12 to 12 Crusaders way. Minor Pacifica, as we know, they missed out on the opening two rounds of the Super Rugby Pacific competition. But to only finish with that tight loss against a 12-time champion side like the Crusaders is such a strong debut into the Super Rugby uh, competition. Captain Scott Kepper was thrilled with the effort from his men. And the new outfit... I just am so impressed. I have nothing else to say. They, we, I've asked this before, but what's it going to take for them to, to be competitive in this competition? I think, in short, it's just going to be some time. They'll need some time on the field together to, to see how their combinations work. But I think, similar to what we'll cover later with Drua, their win is coming. Well, speaking of the Drua, let's jump into them right now. They beat the Melbourne Rebels 31-26. to My goodness. They have officially done it. They came from behind against the Melbourne Rebels to secure their first Super Rugby Pacific victory. This was a huge, huge achievement for the side. They've had a strong preseason. They didn't have the strongest round against the ACT Brumbies, but they turned it around against the Rebels. The newcomers trailed 14-0 and were a man down thanks to a yellow card before turning it on in the Sunshine Coast for a historic 31-26 win. Also worth noting that the Melbourne Rebels are currently missing 14 men through suspension and injury, so they're not playing with their strongest side. But as we always do on this show, we never we never take credit away from a side who has done the work to secure a win. Yeah, it looked like a really good atmosphere up there at Sunshine Coast in terms of like the Fijian supporters. They were right behind them every time they crossed the line. They went up. I think they had they probably had the balance of the the um, the support behind them. So good to get their win up there against the Rebels. Heading across the ditch, uh, the Blues took on the Chiefs and the final score was 24-22. to 22. As we know, the Blues uh, didn't have a great deal of success. Well, they just narrowly lost out last week. So for them to be able to come out with a two-point difference is an awesome win for them. They have clocked their first win for this season and uh, it was a great result. Yes, and they did it without uh, Caleb Clark for um, 10 minutes. He got sin bin. He got a yellow card. For, I don't like this rule. Intentional knockdown, knock forward, or whatever you want to call it. Okay, different. everyone that plays league has yeah, a problem no, everyone, with that everyone rule. Has pro- I have a problem with it, but yeah. anyway, we'll move on. Good yeah. job, Blues. <laughs> and the last match to talk about is the Brumbies versus Waratahs game. The final score was 27 to 20. This was a doubleheader match down in Canberra with their women. Uh, the Brumbies are just showing that they're going to be a formidable side throughout this competition. Rob Valentini, again, an absolute outstanding back rower for the Brumbies, who did a lot of work around the park to see them come away with the win. I thought this was the rebuilding year for the Waratahs, um, but... Look, before you come for my Waratahs, <laughs> first things first, they said it's a reset. I'll reset. <laughs> but but you, look, like, let's think about it. Last year, they had, they had no wins, and yep. we would have seen score lines that have been absolutely blown up. So the boys are definitely in the fight, and I think our day is coming very soon where we will string consecutive wins together. Well, I know a team that is a good chance of stringing consecutive wins together. Hit us. Super W. Yes. Round one on the weekend. Waratahs versus Brumbies, doubleheader like you mentioned. Yes. I'm so excited. The Super W round one kicked off and the first match was the Waratahs versus Brumbies. The Waratahs have extended their phenomenal winning streak to 19 games by beating the Brumbies at 31 to 17. This game I watched from my couch, babysitting my friend's dog because I was sick. Um, But looking at it, the, the Brumbies really controlled the match in the first half. But as the girls tell me, they went into the change rooms and got absolutely sprayed by our coach Campbell Atkin. And when they came back out, they scored amazing, amazing tries. Mahalia Murphy, she clocked her first hat trick for the season. Um, it was just an outstanding performance by all, but I think stay with the Brumbies because they're going to be a side to be reckoned with come later in the season. I was really impressed by the, the ball movement from the Waratahs in that game. The 
The conditions look pretty ordinary. Again, like it, it's just a, the way things have been uh, across the east, the east coast of Australia at the moment. But they still move the ball around quite a bit. Some really good tries. Uh, like you said, Mahalia Murphy on the end of um, three of them was a really impressive performance. Yes, and Fijiana Draw took on the Melbourne Rebels and they won 66-5. This was their first game in the Super W competition and they made an absolute statement of the Melbourne Rebels. Yeah, well, they got an early turn. I think it was off the kickoff. They were defending. They got the ball turned over straight away, scored a try. They looked uh, very damaging. They throw the ball around like Fiji, Fijian-style rugby where they just throw offloads, one-handed offloads. They link up really well. They had front rowers scoring runaway tries. It was huge from the Fijiana draw. They're just such an impressive side, and I think they thrive in broken play, and they are such a threat in this competition. I can't wait to see what else they do. And the other game of the round was the Force v Reds, which actually kicked off the competition on Friday evening. It was a tough opening round for Western Australia, who hosted the Queensland Reds at home. The final score was 43-7. to Huge loss. Um, but nonetheless, a building block for the Western Foresight. Yes, and the Reds look like – I know they're, they're one of your main competitors. Mm-hmm. Uh, that The Tars, you come up against the Reds, it's always a battle, and they look like they're going to continue to be one of the strong teams this, this year. I say bring the heat, Reds. Yes. Bring the heat. Talanoa time on Can You Be More Pacific? This week for Talanoa Time, we're very lucky to be joined by Pauline Piliate. She was born in Samoa, but she's currently based in Mount Druitt. She has experience in netball, but right now we know her as a formidable rugby player. She currently is connected with the Parramatta Two Blues in the Jack Scott Cup, and she's also a mate of mine from the New South Wales Waratahs. She's also part of the Australian Wallaroos. Pauline, welcome. Well, thank you. Great to be here. Pauline, thanks for joining us on the show. It is great to have you on board, and uh, I guess... My first question is, how was the first weekend playing Super Rugby? It's back. Um, really good performance from you guys. But, um, yeah, tell us about the weekend that just went. Yeah, um, it was, it's been great to have our first Super W game. Um, we've been looking forward to it for the last, I think, six-plus months. We've been training so hard for it over the off-season. Um, so, yeah, so to be able to walk out there on the field with everyone, was just, it, it's just been great, like, Everyone was ready to get out there on the field. And, um, yeah, I guess to have the first game and to, to be able to play Brumbies on the weekend, like like they really gave it to us. And, and it was just another challenge for us to just get out there and try and get the W. Pauline, as someone who was standing on the sideline, I felt like you had such an outstanding performance. You actually kicked the first 50-22 in Super W history and also the first of this season. What was going through your mind when you kicked the ball? Did you think, were you aiming for that distance? Um, No, actually. At first, I was literally just thinking, just try and get this ball over the back of this winger's head so then I can find grass. Um, And it just so happens that it was rolling and rolling and it was going forever but and then it was heading towards the 22 meters and I just thought oh well it's actually going to make me a 50 22 and then when I seen the ball go out I was running towards the sideline to where the ball was kicked and I was like it's a 50 22 and I'm like shouting to the girls I'm like it's a 50 22 it would be our line out let's go let's go so yeah that that was literally my thought at the time I kicked the ball Oh, that's awesome, and uh, well done on, on that achievement. You also come up with a, a try assist kick as well. There's one thing I've noticed on your um, on your Instagram account is that you do put a lot of time into your, your kicking. You, you practice quite a bit through that. Um, so you, you must be confident when you uh, try and find the, your, the ball with your foot. 
yeah, I mean, it definitely helps when when you put that time in off the um, you know, outside of training, um, because it is it is a tricky skill to kind of get get down packed and to be able to do that away from trainings and keep keep practicing that daily. Um, yeah, it just makes it a lot easier and comes naturally when it's game time. It certainly looks natural to you. Looking outside of the football field, we know that you are a proud mum of two beautiful boys. How do you find juggling that when you're also in this season where we are training three nights a week and we also play on the weekends? Has it been a bit of a, a juggling act? Uh, yeah, definitely. Um, you know, it, it's tough at times um, when you know, you've got to take your kids to school and then I'm having to you know, have a really short turnaround with them and after school, after I pick them up and then I'm already getting ready to go to training. But it's just been helpful having the support around me with my partners. Um, Auntie has just come from Fiji to kind of help me out with that. And then obviously my partner as well. Um, but that's the joys of being a mother and being in the professional sport. Like these are the things that we got to do and we, we love it. And yeah. One of the other things that we, we know that you are a part of off the field is creating chances, and that's a program in schools to help children develop their skills. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, so um, so I do a couple of programs with creating chances, one of them being rugby in the park. Um, so pretty much what I do as a facilitator, I go in and, and kind of just like teach them. It's almost like life skills, but then um, coaching type skills as well, um, that, and then they then go into the primary schools and so whatever we've kind of taught them, they they start to bring out a little bit of leadership skills um, with the primary schools and then I guess everything else is like, I guess, basic knowledge as well. Uh, but just I just kind of do my best in my part, in my role to to teach them a little bit of life skills and coaching skills and, and bring in that leadership stuff that I've, you know, got taught over the years playing rugby. Um, to the kids, and, and then they then will try and do that in the primary schools. That's such important work. And for anyone that's just joining us right now, this is Pauline Piliate on the line with us. P, this year we have such a huge calendar with Rugby Union, particularly in the 15s format. What are some of your personal goals? Um, yeah, so I guess my, my pers- some of my personal goals would be just being consistent each week as we play some really tough games coming up. Um, with Queensland and Fiji, but just being consistent with my game each week. And then obviously, you know, in the back of my mind, you got the Rugby World Cup. And then, yeah, to be able to put that gold jersey on um, was definitely be my ultimate goal at the end of the season. You, you just mentioned uh, Fijiana then as well, one of the teams coming up. We looked at their, their game from the weekend, 66 points. Uh, they put past the Rebels. Is that a, a team that you're worried about? Um. Worried, I wouldn't say we're worried, but I think if we just, like, they definitely are classy side. There's a lot of talent in that side, and obviously shown on the game in the weekend, they scored a lot of points up against Rebels. Um, I think for us, when we play teams like Fijiana, um, we just got to stick to our process, and, and we do really well in that aspect. So if we can do that, then, um, yeah, like, we'll, we should have the game come our way. Speaking of processes, is there something that you do on game day that's a bit of a ritual? I know that um, a lot of athletes will have a, a process that they do stick to. Is there something that you do yourself? Um, yeah, there's a, probably a few things that I would um, try and do leading up to the game. Um, like I try not to think about the game 
too much during the day. I lean up to kick off. So I try and take my mind off it so I can relax a little bit better um, by either, you know, kind of chilling with the kids, listening to music or um, watching Netflix. Obviously on the weekend, we had a long day of travel up to Canberra. So we had travelled from 9 o'clock in the morning and we were on the bus. So because it was such a long day of travel for me, I just used that day to kind of like relax a little bit more. And then as it led into... Um, as it led closer and closer to um, warm up and kick off, then I'd um, take my focus and onto the game and just going through my my journal, elite performance journal, and going through those little 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 details and and things that I really wanted to work on on the game and just kind of reflect on that and and how I can implement that into my game. Such a star, he. I guess the last question I have for you is, you kind of a someone I, I genuinely look up to, you know, you're, you're an athlete, you juggle motherhood as well as your own um, personal and professional career. Do you have any advice to any um, young athletes that are, that are coming through the ranks of how to be able to maintain, I guess, um, a certain position in the game while also juggling so many things at the same time? Um, yeah, I guess, I guess what I could give to those young girls is to prepare yourself really well um, you know, do all the basics um, really well. Um, you know, try and put time in, but then at the same time, enjoy the moment. You know, and and take it day by day. Like I guess that's really what I could give because um, that's kind of what I've been doing every day leading up to this moment. It's just yeah, taking it day by day and and really put the little work, like the little works and the little wins in. That is great advice, and I think a really sound note to end on. P, before you leave, we love to run a segment with our guests called Tip On. It's basically a rapid-fire 60-second questionnaire, and um, we don't want you to think too much. We just want you to say the first thing that comes to mind. Are you up for playing? Okay. Yeah, sure. Go ahead. Awesome. Dean, you got this. All right. The clock starts now. What have you been reading, watching, or listening to lately? Um, The originals on on Stan. What was your first concert? Well, I've actually never been to a concert. There you go. Who was your Who is your most annoying teammate? Um. Oh. Um. Probably Eva Capone. <laughs> who was your sporting hero? Uh, Dan Carter. What would be your wrestler entrance song? Um. Oh, I can't, I, I can't think of one at the moment. What was your favorite movie as a kid? Um, Matildas. Who in your team is always on their phone? Oh, um... Say Sarah. It's okay. <laughs> Sarah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's something you could eat for a month straight? Uh, um, porridge. 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 That's a good yeah, one. I I've like went, porridge. I haven't heard that one before. No. Well done. I like that. Pauline, thanks very much for joining us on Can You Be More Pacific. It's been great to have you on the show. Uh, we wish you all the best for the rest of the Super W competition, where hopefully Sarah will be joining you in the coming weeks. But uh, first up this week against the Western Force, good luck. Thank you so much. And, yeah, I look forward to having Sarah back out there with us. Um, yeah, and I'm grateful to be here with you guys on the ranch show. You can ask that. Your chance to ask what it's really like to be an elite athlete.
on Can You Be More Pacific? This week for You Can Ask That, we have a brand new question coming through from Louis, who is based in Port Moresby. And the question is, with new teams and expansions in the NRLW and Super W, should there be names on jerseys to help increase fan engagement? Now, this is a really good question. It is a good question. And I I like the idea, like when you have new competitions, um, and I know they've both been around for a little while now, but when they're trying to get traction, what helps fans, I guess, get engaged with teams or get to know teams is to understand who the players are. That's what you latch onto, right? You latch onto players, you, you get a favorite and then you follow them around. So when you have names on jerseys, you, I reckon it would be easier to, to get that engagement that you mentioned. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. I think that we should have names on jerseys. I do know though for franchises, it's probably a bit of an expensive thing to do because the game day 23, talking about the game of rugby union, changes every single week and the number also changes. So, I mean, I feel like there would be another element to franchises of do you print multiple numbers of positions that that player could potentially play, but it kind of just throws things around a little bit. So I think, though, like fundamentally, we should have names on jerseys, particularly in the the earlier years of these competitions so that fans know exactly who's on the field. And I'm pretty much like the person who – when I'm watching a show on Netflix or if I'm watching a game and I see someone and I'm like, heck, like they really impress me, I'll go straight to Instagram to try and search them. But if, uh, you know, you think about a new, a completely, completely new person watching a sport and having no context of who's who, you kind of just lose it. And then that's an opportunity for that player to be able to, to obtain some sort of traction with um, a spectator. I do know that other, like in the Super League in uh, England, they have uh, names on the back of jerseys. And I guess you could have a squad number. So you get a squad number at the start of the year. That number's yours for the entire year. So you have your name aligned with that. Often it'll be, I'm assuming it would be like you're starting, say, 17 or whatever it might be in, in any sport, gets their jerseys for the start of the year. That's their number for the year. And then beyond that, every squad number is you know, assigned to whatever player comes next in the squad and then they just hold that. So then you could have a lot of players would choose number 23 because everyone wanted to be 23. Jordan, yeah. Exactly. So, you know, squad number 23 would have his name on the back of jersey or her name on the back of the jersey and uh, I don't know if that's a solution. I like that. I've never thought of it that way, that that at the outset, so you're saying at the outset of the season, players choose their number and then it doesn't necessarily matter because I think the way I'm picturing it is based on positions, right, because that you you play that number. Um, But, I mean, that that sound like – because you could be a utility black or forward, right, yeah. and come on with any number. So yeah, yeah. Everyone yeah. wants to be in the starting side, so there'd probably be like all right, fighting over, over one yeah, to fifteen, I'm be one. one to thirteen. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's why. So maybe the team that's picked first for the start of the year gets that number, and then you sort of work your way down from there. I like that. Good question, Louis. Yes. So if you have a question for either a current or former athlete, please, please, please reach out to us on Instagram. You can find me on at Sarah Nangama and Dean at Dean Hotel. Talanoa time on Can You Be More Pacific? So we're lucky enough to be joined for Talanoa Time Part 2 today by Elsie Elbert. She is a front row for the NRLW Dragons. She's born in Nipa in the Southern Highlands province in PNG, moved to Australia uh, in 2022. Uh, she's represented... Papua New Guinea in the national team uh, and, and skippered them as well. And she's a, a gun. It's been a great start to the NRLW campaign this season, 2021. It is this year for Elsie. Uh, it's great to have you on board, Elsie. Thanks for joining us on Can You Be More Pacific? Thanks. Thanks for having me. 
happy to be here. Firstly, I, I want to kick off with asking about the NRLW, and uh, you had a game against the Parramatta Eels on the weekend, which was in very, very tough conditions. Can you tell us about the first couple of weeks and how you found the competition? Oh, yeah. Um, I moved, like you said earlier, I moved like to here like six months ago, and I knew that the competition is going to be hard. It's going to be fast. So, like I had been... For the last six months, I've been training so hard to adapt myself to the competition because I knew that it was going to be hard and fast as well. So, yeah, it was no surprise. Like when it comes to like in game time, I knew that I was ready and ready to take on the challenges that I And I think it showed on the on two weekends that we played. It certainly has. I just want to touch on your transition from PNG to Australia. Have you found it to be such a different way of living? Have you adapted well, um, I guess, to to the style here in Australia? Yeah, I think it's uh, all comes down to having people around you. Like um, for me, it's like having having the connection to people that are from PNG as well, like the Aiton family, and I also have some other. Uh, PNG family here that you know reach out. They help me to yeah to adapt to adapt to the lifestyle and um, to in Australia. Yeah, I just want to touch a little bit more on that. I know you have a really close um, friendship with Therese Alton, who you just you mentioned that the I guess the community has really gotten around you, and particularly on yeah. socials like the the outpour of love and support to see a woman of PNG heritage absolutely dominating on the NRLW competition, what does that level of representation mean to you? And it, it means a lot. Like um, to me, um, to me just to be here and then playing in the NRLW like means a lot because um, like it represents um, like back home, we're seen as like we women are meant to do certain things and not like certain things. And like it, it's the specific way. So um, for me to just be here and then to play NRLW, it shows um, it shows the girls that you know we can do more than what the cultural things and like the places they put us in. We can be more than that. So yeah, I'm just it means a lot to me to be here and play in, and playing NRLW. Is, is that something that you're you're passionate about? Back in PNG is is. Yeah. Um, perhaps share, yeah. sharing your own knowledge about rugby league and, and trying to encourage young girls in PNG to, to take up or to pick up a footy and to be involved with the game. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And is that um, – do, do you have a plan to um, go back there and set up perhaps some uh, coaching clinics or academies or, or yeah. the like to try and get that happening? It's always, it's always um, at the back of my mind uh, that, you know, if I um, do retire and – like if I have the chance, that's that's the goal to go back and do those things with the girls back home. Well, it's it's a really good goal, um, I think, to have, and it'd be it'd be great for young girls to be able to have that touch point with you in country to to learn from you the game and and develop themselves. I, w- I want to ask about um, your teammates, the Dragons. It looks like you've got a really tight knit team that you get on so well, and there's a lot of energy that comes out of yeah. all the social media posts that um, your teammates yourselves all put out there is it a really good environment to be a part of yeah like um everyone like every every girl in the team is easy to talk to everyone's open and uh, we have like seven girls living in the same house so i'm so lucky i'm so lucky to be a part of part of this group because um 
yeah, everyone gets along well with each other. And uh, you, you can see that on the field as well too because, like, we get along very well. That's always a positive thing when you get on really well with your teammates. I just want to touch a little bit on your coach, James Soward. How have you found um, his coaching and do you believe you're thriving under it right now? Jamie's approach to coaching is quite different to the coaches I've worked under before. It's like it's pretty direct. It's pretty direct with what he wants. And, um, yeah, it just tells you off what he wants from you. And then you go into the field knowing your job, exactly what he wants from you. So that's um, that's what I like about him and he's, he's, he's a good coach. He's a typical halfback. They, the halfbacks love barking at their teammates. Spinning direction, spinning instruction. <laughs> Yeah, he's, yeah. Got, he's got the same personality in his in his media career as well. <laughs> I, I guess I guess for this year, looking at this year, Elsie, it's it's a huge year. I mentioned it's a 2021 season that's being played at the moment for the NRLW. Yeah. You've got the 2022 yeah. season at the end of the year, World Cup. Uh, how's the year looking for yourself in terms of rugby league and trying to get yourself through it all? Yeah, it's like I said, it's it's going to be like a very long year of uh, footy because we have the second season coming up shortly after the first one that we are playing right now. And then we have the World Cup at the end of the year. I'm pretty excited because I get to play more footy from not playing last year, the whole year, and then um, before last year as well. So to get that opportunity to play more footy is, um, I'm, I'm excited. I'm stoked. That's a, a good point you make. Like there was the season postponement last year, which was no doubt really disappointing, but it could be really testing to have so much footy played in one year, but you're taking the approach that it's fun. It's, it's, it's great to be able to get a full season in like at both ends. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. On the field, we know that you have an absolute career carved out for you, but off the field, you have accomplished so much more having um, a, Sorry, having studied a Bachelor of Tropical Agriculture, making you a plant and insert expert. Yeah. How were you attracted to that career path? And honestly, I don't know anyone else who was a plant and insert, uh, sorry, insect expert. Um, yeah, it wasn't my choice to go there as well. Um, we have the system back home where you get put to which course, like it's automatic, like the computer does it for you. So right. yeah, I, I got like I got selected to go there. So I went there and yeah, I started there. But then like I had the opportunity to come down here and then play. So I would do third year into studying. Yeah, and then I came down here. So, but yeah, I, I did study um, uh, bachelor in tropical agriculture. Does it, I just yeah. have to ask, like, do you walk around being like, I know exactly what that plant is, I <laughs> yeah. know exactly what that yeah. insect is. Yeah. You walk away with like a different level of IQ, I feel. Yeah. It's pretty then, cool. Yeah. I'm, I'm genuinely amazed by that because I don't know anyone else who has studied tropical agriculture. It's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, it's, um, yeah, it's a lot to do with the plants and the soil as well. So we get to study the soil, we get to study which plant grows well on the soil, which type of soil it is, and yeah. And Great. We can go for coffee one time and you can just tell me the plants that are sitting around us because I really want to be your friend. <laughs> so do you have a lot of dead plants at home? Like, or... I suck at being a, a plant mum. Yeah, I don't okay. even try. I'm not, I'm not a good plant person. You need some tips from Elsie. <laughs> yes, I do need some tips from Elsie. <laughs> Elsie, as we do get towards the end of our chat, I just want to ask a question. Do you have any advice for young athletes? Who, obviously, you've carved out a, a great career for yourself, as we've spoken about, but um, what's a, a piece of advice that you could give perhaps to, to young athletes back in PNG? Yeah, 
you know, for me is, um, speaking from my own experience, I would say for me is um, commitment, uh, working hard and um, dedication. Those are the three words that um, I stood, stood, stood to sit up for. And yeah, I believe like if you work hard, um, if you dedicate yourself and if you commit yourself, nothing's impossible. That is fabulous advice. Okay, Elsie, we're going to just like re- like do one more segment. <laughs> Basically, we do like this quick 60-second rapid-fire questionnaire and it's like fun, lighthearted. I'll ask you a question. You just say the first thing that comes to your mind. Okay. All right. Are you ready, Elsie? Yep. All right. The clock is on. What was the worst job you ever had? Oh, the worst job. Mm. Policy shoe. Yep. <laughs> Who is your celebrity crush? My celebrity crush um, uh, was the person uh, Blake Shelton. Uh, would you prefer a conditioning session or a weight session? I prefer weight session all day. <laughs> <laughs> Sneakers or heels? Sneakers. NRL or Super Rugby? Um, NRL. On a scale of 1 to 10, 10 being the best, how good are you at keeping secrets? Ooh, a five. <laughs> <laughs> Who would play you in the movie of your life? Uh, I think Kenzie Epps. Do you have a hidden talent? <laughs> hidden talent? Um, yes. What is it? I'm so flexible. I can, flexible. Yeah. Yeah. What a, f- like, what a flex, first of all. <laughs> I'm so flexible. Can you do, like, the splits? Um, not sitting down, but I can do, like, standing up with. Uh, up against a wall? No, nah, just standing alone and then, like, put the legs, like, Really? Up. Oh, I yeah. just, I love that. Like, that's your flex. I'm flexible. <laughs> I can tell you one thing. I am not yeah, flexible. For my. For, for my uh, <laughs> For my, um, yeah, like the body type, I'm quite flexible, yeah, so. That's so great. I like that. That's a good hidden talent. Yeah. Another first for us. (laughs) Another first for us. Elsie, it has been an absolute joy for us to have you on Can You Be More Pacific? We wish you all the best for the remainder of the NRLW season and genuinely can't wait to see what else you do throughout this year. No, thank you. Thanks for having me. Can you be more Pacific? Keeping it social. Ah, Dean, this is my favourite time of the week. We get to talk about our favourite social posts. You spend a lot of time on social media, don't you? Okay, like, don't come attacking me. (laughs) It's not an attack. It's a question. (laughs) I do spend a lot of time on social media. I've actually, you know what I do love? Seeing my screen report at the end of the week. What's a screen report? It's an automated update that comes through on a Sunday and it tells you how much time you've spent on your phone throughout the week. Oh, really? Maybe I've turned that off because I didn't like what I was seeing on it. Mine was like, you were down like 15% from last week. And I'm like, look at me just being so productive and present with a present. Yeah, yeah that's good. I like that. Well, what's your social for this week? My social for this week uh, comes from the Female Athlete Project Instagram as we know, it was International Women's Day earlier this week and there were so many fantastic posts circulating, celebrating all the incredible women um, in different industries and in different roles. But one post in particular that struck my attention was a carousel of one thing you hope to see in the future for women in sport. And they basically put this out to their followers and people were able to respond. And one 
in particular that I liked. It said, what's one thing you hope to see in the future for women in sport? And the answer was paid for the level of professionalism expected of them. And that was gospel for me. I've seen you repost this on your story and it's very, very relevant um, line, I think. And I, I, I like that as well. Very good choice from you. Thank you. Thank you. I think it also speaks to um, the point of, you know, International Women's Day, of course, it's a celebration and an acknowledgement of all the women in the world in whatever role or capacity they feel. Um, but there's something to be said about female athletes who are semi-professional and, you know, have this level of expectation placed upon them. And you also have all the naysayers saying, oh, you know, you girls don't make enough money or, you know, you whatever. There's There's not enough exposure around your game. And you're like, well, what else do you want me to do? Like, I'm not doing this full time. So, anywho, that was mine. Bit of a hardy one. What was yours? Less hardy mine. Mine's a little – well, you could say it's hardy because the two guys involved definitely put their heart on their sleeves when they play. But it's over to Brian Toll's Instagram account. He and Josh Adokar did a a reveal of the the jerseys, the new jerseys for the New South Wales Origin team. And um, Bizza on his Instagram, that's what it is. His Instagram is at B-I-double-Z-Z-A. Triple Z, B-I, triple Z. B-I, triple Z, double double A, A underscore. Yes. That's Brian Tottles' Instagram account. But it's just him and the Fox having a good time at the jersey launch for the the Blues and they're dancing to CNC Music Factory, which those those two, yeah, vibing out is is pretty fun. I want to be their friend, but I don't think they want (laughs) to be my friend. I actually seen the Brian put up on his story uh, that same day. He snuck up on the fox and, and scared him. So you got a scare cam on him as well on the same day. So it was a bit of fun they would have had together. I love that. Good social hello. Thank you. In the rut. Tackling the tough headlines in sport on Can You Be More Pacific? In the ruck this week, we tackled the tough headlines beginning with Shane Warne who devastatingly passed away last weekend. Yeah, this was um, huge news worldwide actually. It reached... Every part of the world, Shane Warne, one of the biggest sporting characters in Australia or in Australia's history and uh, very unexpected. He was in Thailand, as you say, and a suspected heart attack, 52 years of age, so very young. Very sad news uh, for Australian cricket, for Warney and his family. Um, it's just terrible and it's affected a lot of people. Yes, what's been really heartening is the outpour of love um, for not only him but his family. On the weekend at the MCG, people were putting beer, pies and cigarettes out for him in remembrance of such, such a steward of cricket here in Australia. Again, it's so devastating to lose someone who we grew up watching, knowing when you think about cricket, he's one of the first names that come to mind. So such a sudden and devastating loss, um, but we send our love to the Warren family. Well said, Sarah. Now across the ditch to the All Blacks, and they've come under a little bit of fire for something that they put out to mark the International Women's Day. Yes, uh, it was a pretty rough day for New Zealand rugby. They put up a post to acknowledge International Women's Day, but uh, what they failed to do was actually mention the Black Ferns, who have won the World Cup at least five times. It was a controversial post because the player that was featured was Severis, who has been caught on the wrong side of the law for an assault charge, and um, people noted it as being tone deaf because it's about International Women's Day. You have the most powerful slash influential um, side in the Black Ferns, and yet they weren't acknowledged um, in that post. Yeah, it's they missed the mark. They apologised for it later, but uh, an organisation like the All Blacks, you'd think that they would have uh, 
been ahead of that and come up with a more um, appropriate way to, to honor and mark International Women's Day. They ma- mentioned a lot about support roles. They didn't, they didn't put women to the front, which mm. is what they should have done. And uh, yeah, boo-boo from the All Blacks. Yeah, a huge boo-boo from New Zealand rugby, but they should learn from this and I have no doubt that they will and um, and celebrate their women the way that they should be honoured because they are incredible athletes and uh, deserve to be acknowledged all year round. So be better next time, New Zealand rugby, and no doubt you will. Yes, they will. And over to the other code, NRL, the Women's State of Origin, the venue's been announced for this year, which is exciting. Yes, the Women's State of Origin is heading to Canberra in June. This is really exciting because the game hasn't gone down there yet. So um, it'll be a new crowd. It'll be a new stadium. And I think that the Canberra community will really, really get around it. Yes, they will. I want to try and pencil this in my calendar. I believe it's the 28th of June. 24th. 24th. Thank you for the correction. Yeah. So um, exciting stuff. The Women's Origin is always an epic uh, battle. Uh, I think last year there was torrential rain up up in sunny coast. Correct. It was played last year. So hopefully some clear weather and a bounce back from the blues would be great this year. Yes. Come on. The up blues. the blues. Not biased at all. <laughs> Can you be more Pacific with Sarah and Dean on ABC Radio Australia? Looking forward this week, we're going to look purely at the NRL men's season. Yes, it kicks off this weekend, round one. Uh, I guess the first question, Sarah, what are you looking forward to from the NRL men's this season? I Look, you know that I play rugby union and I love rugby union, but I grew up as an NRL fan, so I'm just excited to see the game start because nothing actually feels like the weekend unless there's NRL on telly. Right. Yes, yes, that's right. I'm most excited to see um, the Penrith Panthers. I want to see what they do this season just because they were so young. They were young side, sorry, last year. They're exciting, but I really think they're going to take their game to the next level. And I just want to see the Parramatta Eels absolutely dominate because I feel like people sleep on them, but don't sleep on the Eels this season. Well, I think there's a couple of years ago, I think it might have been last year, the year before, the Eels were uh, premiership favourites and yeah. they got close but didn't deliver. They keep falling over at the last stump, like the last hurdle, sorry. They're... They, getting deep into the finals and coming up short. They were unlucky last year against the Panthers. It was a tight match that they went out uh, against them in the finals. So there is a bit of bit of pressure, I think, on the Eels to, to finally come through with one because their side is pretty good. They're going to be losing a few players at the end of the year. Um, I agree. I'm looking forward to see it, seeing what they come up with because I, I do like watching them play the Eels. But for me... The other thing that I'm looking forward to from the season is I think there's going to be some teams that jump out of their skin a bit and have some surprising seasons. I think the Titans are going to go really well. Um, they got beaten by the Roosters up in Townsville last year in the semifinals to get booted out, and uh, they put in a really strong performance. They almost got it right at the death. Mr. Try, yes. poor Patrick Herbert, couldn't come up with the pass to Corey Thompson. I can Thompson. see it in my mind right now. Corey Thompson let loose with some verbal... Like he went, verbal I don't know what that was, but he went, he went a bit crazy at um, Patrick Herbert, but other team that I'm looking forward to is the Sharks. I think the Sharks have recruited really well. Great coach that they've got in Craig Fitzgibbon. So I think they're going to surprise a few people. On that note, what are your thoughts on the Bulldogs? Look, the Bulldogs, they've recruited really well. Yes. I still think just watching their trial form, I don't know where um, where they're going to get the biggest gain at the moment. Even though they have recruited well, I think um, Burton at six is going to be really good. I don't know who the seven is that's going to be the one that like supports him through the year. Jake Avarillo was there on the weekend. He's a good player, but I think he's more of an outside back. That's just mm. my opinion. So I don't know what the solution is for them. So I, I'm unsure about the Bulldogs yet. 
Cool. Well, yeah. I guess time will only tell, right? Yes, time will tell. Now, who do you have in your top eight, Sarah? Okay. Run me through it from one to eight or the other way if you want. Okay. No, I'll, I'll go one to eight. No, actually, I want to go eight to one. Okay. Okay. Eight, Broncos. Seven, Roosters. Six, Bulldogs. I already have regret now. Five, <laughs> Eels. Four, Manly. Three, Rabbitohs. Two, Penrith. One, Storm. Not a bad eight. Not a bad eight. Probably the, the Bulldogs, Broncos are the two ones that jump out as... I just think the Surprises. Broncos, they had a shocking season last year, so they would be so determined as a unit to go, to go not one better, two better. Their coach, Kevin Walters, re-signed to the end of 2023, so there's a little mark of how well they like him. Yes. That's always a positive start, a start when the, your, your, your coach your, gets extended. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, what, what about you? Okay, I'll go the same way. I'll go backwards. So in eighth position, I've got the Titans, as I said, one of my surprise packets. Uh, seventh, the Sharks, <laughs> another surprise packet. Six Roosters, uh, fifth Rabbitohs, fourth Penrith, the um, defending premiers, uh, third the Eels, second the Storm, and at the top of the table I've got the Seagulls. See, I'm 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 not sure about that. Des factor, you reckon? Yeah. Well, the thing is, everyone was talking so much about the Seagulls last season, and it was just that, but like that's that middle part that they didn't do too well. So I just I don't know. That's not enough to uh, make me feel confident that they could fill that one spot. Oh. I'll stick with them. Oh, okay. I have to. Well, I'll just, um, if you're right, I'll just copy paste your eight to my eight. <laughs> Interesting. Interestingly, though, I've said, who's going to take out the premiership? The Eels. You reckon the Eels? Yeah. Like, I think the Seagulls yes! finish at top. Because, like, Des is a good, like, season guy. Like, he'd get the team through the year, like, really consistent. So I think the, the Seagulls will finish top of the table. But I'm going to be on the Eels for the premiership because they have to. Oh. This is their year to do it. I love that. I feel like it's a bit risky, but I'm here for that. Okay, my one will be the Roosters. The Roosters? Yeah. Bounce back here. Yeah, bounce back here. Because they they can't stay down for too long. It's not within like it's not in their DNA. Another coach that's re signed. Uh, he signed for like Trent know, twenty years or something. They love him that much at the Roosters. <laughs> twenty years. Carry on. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I don't I don't I hate doing this one, but the wooden spoon. Who's gonna get the wooden spoon? <sighs> I hate writing teams off. Yeah. But you have to. Go on. You've got to be a bad cop sometime. Someday. Oh, I'm going to go the Knights. Yeah? Yeah. I think they're missing a half. Um, they're going to have a half playing. They'll have two halves playing each week, but I think they're missing the half to get them off the bottom of the table. Yeah, fair enough. Mine will be Tigers. Uh, I'm sorry, Dean. And um, Kevin. Kevin played there too. Yeah, and Kevin. I know he's a rooster now. but He's a rooster. Oh, that's why you've picked the roosters uh, to win. But, I mean, he's playing reserves this week, but I just back them as a whole enterprise. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Okay. I, I really enjoyed unraveling the NRL season with you. Let's We'll check in at in October, see how well, how close to the mark we were. Yeah, it would be funny to kind of pull this conversation back up again. Yeah. ABC Radio Australia. Can you be more Pacific? Unfortunately, that's all we have time for, though, this week. <laughs> what a treat this show has been today. <laughs> it's a rollercoaster today. <laughs> so if you missed the show or you just want to listen to The Magic again, it'll be replayed on Friday, 2pm BT time, or you can find all our episodes on the Radio Australia website or wherever you listen to your podcasts. It's all look here. Bye there. Can You Be More Pacific, an ABC sport production for ABC Radio Australia. This program has been funded by the Department of Foreign Affairs and Trade.